0: Like my kids are getting to the age now where I'm like, I think I think we can start to undo some of the damage I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I'm I'm watching for that all the time. Okay, where where did I screw them up? And and how and how do I rearrange the uh, bit, the thought process on that for sure? <laughs>
0: All right, welcome to the Evolving Parent Podcast. And today, got a special treat. I'm here with Dr. Steven Fonso, husband, father of three, and author of Finding Magic in the Mess A Path to Greater Presence and More Joy, One Parenting Moment at a Time. Welcome, Doctor.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome, man. Well, um, you know, you've been doing this parenting thing for 12 years. You know, I started Evolving Parent when my kids were. Six and eight, uh, so I figured if I threw evolving in the title, it would kind of give me the the uh the slack that would imply that I was learning on the job uh-huh. <laughs> so so uh why you know why and, and and when was it that you felt like you you got the signal to go ahead and and write this book i mean are are you just the perfect parent right now are are you the chosen one
1: i I am the chosen one no i <laughs> far from the chosen one i but you know one of the things is when i when i was early on uh 6 years old my parents split and uh that created a huge void for me in my life and at the time i didn't know i was about to go fulfill it but I, if you look back on your own life path you can kind of see you know where you've kind of filled some of your early voids and and that was a huge void for me right off the bat so um family and 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 a connected family and uh and and a healthy vibrant family was really at the forefront of my focus, um, from early on, you know, I wanted what I didn't have essentially. And so that, you know, that led me into health and, and healing. Um, it led me into family dynamics. And, uh, so it, it led me on a, on a very specific path. So by no means am I a perfect parent, but, uh, I have been, you know, in the, in the personal development, uh, industry and stu- and self-study for, for now, you know, 20 plus years and, um, and, and engrossed in the training of that. So I feel like it, it was about four years ago where I just, it was a spontaneous, I got the call to put the pen to paper and, and get busy with it. So, so I did it and just listened to the call and wrote it, wrote it out.
0: That's awesome. You know, so when your staff reached out and said, Hey, you know, there's this book, would you be interested in, in checking it out? I went ahead and kind of did the, the Google preview thing. And I saw your opening quote that you chose. And I, at that, it was at that moment, I was like, this guy gets it. Like this guy totally is on the right page. I definitely want to talk to him. And if you don't mind, I'll read that quote. Sure. Uh, The universe is not one of individual things, but rather one of process, a changing, flowing, evolving and intimately interconnected system of interactions. It is not of the flow. It is the flow from an author unknown. So, what, what caused you to choose that?
1: Well, I I I just I, I aligned with it, and the fact that it's just truth, you know, that just the truth of the statement, uh, and and everything is interconnected and interwoven. And with the work that I've done, uh, especially with the help of of one of my mentors, Dr. John D. Martini, who I've been studying with for years, um, he has a process that allows you to really put the pieces of the puzzle together to to see how perfectly ordered this universe is. And no matter what happens circumstantially uh, you can order it. Uh, You can order it like a, like a puzzle that's been fragmented. You know, and that's kind of what I, what I picture almost when I, when I, when my parents split, there was a fragmentation of this whole puzzle. And uh, and part of, part of my job in the healing process was to, to go and, and to, Put the pieces back together again into a, a, a place of wholeness um which i did and and uh i was able to kind of be able to articulate uh in the book through finding what what is a flow how does everything work together and especially coming from a place of heart and the heart centeredness um you know the heart is truth and so it sees perfect order and everything and and it is flow so that that quote lines up with how I see reality and also uh, you know, what comes and stems from, from living in a heart center.
0: The book is divided into four parts. You have the daily grind, waking practice and transform. So you wrote this book, um, you organized it in bite-sized pieces, which as a parent, I love. Thank you. um Um, but why did you lay out the book specifically into those four areas
1: well i'll give you just the quick backstory of that um i wrote the third part uh was the third part was the first part that i wrote so um and that i wrote in about three weeks so i came back from a trip in a sweet space and Wrote away and and completed that in about three to four weeks. Then the other chapters actually came in because I realized um, not everyone is in a heart centered space to see reality. So I needed to connect with myself and people, and go back to what the first chapter is about. It's about human suffering. Okay, well, what do we do? Because that's essentially whether it's a hero's journey or whether it's uh, stages of healing. Uh, you're looking at there's a first fuel, a first point of suffering that allows to kind of crack the door open. And so I realized, well, geez, not everyone, we're not all starting in a heart centered space. That's the end game. That's not the beginning game. That's the end game. So we got to go back. So it took me over a year to write the rest of the book because I, I literally had to come out of heart space and start suffering again. And wow. write and write from a space of suffering again. And then after I was done writing about suffering from actually suffering, then I realized, wow, okay, this is how I wake up. I'm waking up now. I'm not I'm not in heart center yet, but I'm waking up. So then that was part two about questioning more, about the rules, about what's happening in life, what's going on, and, and going through more of curiosity questions. And then then the the third part got to fit fit its way in. And then finishing it off with, "Hey, okay, how do we start to think about maybe moving this forward in our life?" So, so that's kind of the the quick backstory of I had to go and suffer, uh, and and write about it. You know, it's it was just I had to do it a bit backwards, but uh, anyways, it, it it turned out okay. So <laughs>
0: what every what every like aspiring author wants to hear. I had to go and suffer. I oh. I had
1: to go and suffer. Yeah, and and that was the hard part because I said to my wife, I said. Like, Lee, I'm done. Because I, I wrote the third section and, and I said, I'm, I'm done. Like, this is great. I've got it all out. And she said, yeah, but we got to tie this together for people. So then I'm like, well, I don't know where to start. I mean, you know, then my mind starts to get, you know, you, you depart the heart space and the truth. And now you, you go into this fractioned mind again to, to figure out, again, the rules. Like, what's right? What are people's expectations? And now it just started, began to distort my writing and my focus. Uh, so that's what I was able to then write about is about the disconnection and the tension and the suffering that we feel when we're trying to match expectations, you know, and, or we're trying to meet someone else's rules or, uh, and I was able to write from that place. So, so that's, um, yeah, what every author wants to hear is, yeah, welcome to the suffering. I just, (laughs) I didn't know that that was going to be how it worked, but I I guess essentially if you want to write a book on healing uh, you know, you can't exclude the human part of suffering uh, because that is part of the healing process.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) appreciation, gratitude, being present, you know, depending on where you are in life, you know, these things sound like either buzzwords or the actual keys to transforming your life. Now I found them to be an undercurrent throughout the entire book. Um, so I'm assuming that you don't think they're just buzzwords. Yeah,
1: no, 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 they're not buzzwords (laughs) there, you know, in my, in my, in my clinical practice, I, I watch people that can access greater levels of appreciation and, and gratitude um, for their life in general. Um, and we also measure them with heart rate variability and the, the physiological, uh, health signs of people that can access more appreciation and gratitude for life in general. Um, their, their scores are skyrocketed compared to other people that are, are in, let's say that stuck in the earlier chapters of my book. Uh, when you, when you, when you find, and you find the flow of gratitude and appreciation more frequently, more often, uh, it, it reflects in your physiological markers. It, it reflects in your heart health in your, how your blood vessels function, how your nerves function, how your brain functions. So, so it definitely influences your output as a human being to be in those peak states. And I'll say peaks, but it's even just more of, a, of, of our higher consciousness states. Uh, those impact our physiology, our body. And that to me as a clinician is important that people are improving their health, but appreciation and gratitude are actually predictors of a level of health. So they go together, health and health, appreciation, and gratitude all flow together.
0: So I hadn't even heard of heart rate variability before I ended up picking up this aura ring, which kind of is one of the things that it tracks is heart rate variability. And then I began to look into it and a lot of people like say, like it is key. Like it's one of the, the big measures. Like, I mean, are there other measures or like, can you even, you know, expand upon heart rate variability?
1: Yeah. Heart rate variability, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great phys, a biomarker. We call it a biomarker, but it's, it's a marker to track essentially the rhythm of our heartbeats. And if you think of someone uh, that maybe had a pacemaker uh, put in, if you ask them to run a 100-meter dash, well, they're not going to be able to do it because they can't vary their beats. It's like one beat, one beat, one beat, one beat. And so because it, it, it stays at such a fixed beat, uh, it can't meet the de- uh, incoming demands of life. Uh, so if you ask them to go and output strong on a 100-meter dash, well, they can't do it because their heart can't meet the demands. On the other end of it the more variable the beats are shows a sign of adaptability and that's a huge thing uh, when you're looking at health parameters is to be able to find and discover your adaptability and so heart rate variability is a great predictor of how adaptable somebody is well how adaptable we are also correlates with our ability to access gratitude and appreciation at faster and faster speeds so the more Flexible your brain and nervous system is the more healthy you are, and at the same time, the faster you can access appreciation and gratitude, which just makes the quality of your life that much better. So, um, so that's how they all tie in, and and we measure that each patient that comes in my door, we measure their heart rate variability, and then we're measuring them, you know, as I'm taking care of them uh, to to mark their uh, scores of how their system's becoming more adaptable and resilient. So yeah, it's a it's a huge marker. Um, the Institute of heart math, if, you know, if anyone wants to go check it out, Institute of heart math is, is the technology that we use and they've been around for years and years with tons of research around the um, heart rate variability, the health, um, brain cognitive function, uh, just heart health in general, etc. So, so yeah, it's a great, great thing to track for sure.
0: Right on. One of the, uh, the things I noticed as I went through the book is that I'd, I'd hit, I'll call them chapters. Um. You know, short, short chapters. But like, I'd go. And I'd like, yeah, that's good. Oh, that, that's good. I love it. I love it. I'm like, I don't know. That's. I'm mean, like, you find a chapter that challenges you. It makes you kind of stop yeah. and think. Um. Oddly, the one to me, I think it's funny because I love to laugh. But your chapter on laughter, like, I, I, I got. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I became like, am I just that serious that I'm like, Ugh. I was. It was really getting to me. So I mean, could you, could you expand upon that for me?
1: well you know laughter's an interesting i mean you know i don't know for for your viewers but you know laughter yoga is definitely a thing out there you know in the culture of, of igniting laughter but you know when we're when we're when we're operating in tight expectations we tend to become more rigid or when we're not having expectations met like being a parent if if you have certain expectations of your kids that aren't being met you're tightening up you're 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 locking up your spine you're you're creating more tense nerve tissue and more tense musculature. So, so any time that your expectations of what you have relative to your reality are off, uh, you're beginning the tensing process. And so, laughter is a fantastic way to break that pattern. Um, I remember reading Osho, and uh, I don't know if you know Osho, but you know it's one of the spiritual teachers. And you know he said one of the greatest spiritual practices is laughing at yourself, not at, at others, but laugh, being able to laugh at yourself. What I found even from laughter, just as a as a chiropractor slash body worker and paying attention to the body, is that you know, when someone laughs, they literally rock their head back. And when you rock your head back, what you're doing is you're actually de stressing the brain stem, which is our survival portion of the brain. So you're rocking that back, and it actually ignites the vagus nerve, which sits right at the at the base of the skull, which is important in the healing process. So you're not only Lightening up, just energy-wise, but you're also you're also activating your structure that supports healing. So you're you're unlocking that serious part of your of your uh, rigid spine, and you're you're activating part of your nerves that actually promote healing. So laughter is absolutely uh, essential to to get energy moving again, to open up your breath, and then to activate parts of your nerve system that are involved in the healing process.
0: So you've been able to, to, to see a variety of people come into your practice and you've been kind of, you know, it sounds like they, you know, they influenced a significant portion of the things that you addressed in your book. Um, I, what, what would you say are like the the top three issues that, that, that parents face that, uh, you know, maybe reasons why they should pick up your book?
1: Um, the most recent a, a woman came, she said, you know, I'm just viewing my, my home differently. I'm viewing family life different. And I think if, if, if somebody, I got tickled when she said that. And it doesn't even need to be any particulars about it. She just said, I'm seeing my kids differently. And that to me is, uh, if you'd like to evolve and grow how you're seeing the family unit and seeing yourself relative to that, seeing your kids interacting, um, then that would be a reason why. So if you're if you're stressed in your home life, it's a it's a great read um, because it provides perspective for sure on you know what matters, uh, especially coming from from heart. You know, there's there's only a few things really that end up mattering for someone's life, and um, and obviously if we if we're child rearing and raising a family, that family's high on our values. At least it's it's got to be up there. And so at the end of the day. You know, um, if you're finding that there's a high load of stress that's in the family uh, dynamic, then it's definitely an opportunity, it's a doorway, it's a gateway for you to be able to begin to self-reflect. It's an opportunity for you to grow and evolve, and I look at the family unit as that. It's an opportunity for people to grow and evolve, and um, I, ha- I value growth and personal development and family. So if those are your top values, the book is a good read. If you value health, any type of personal development, spirituality, um, or, or, and families behind your values, it's, it's a good read. To let, be me, able to let, me, let me catch you right there. Cause, yeah. cause
0: cause we yeah. lost your audio for just a quick second. you you're, you just, uh, we're talking about the, the top values that matter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no problem.
1: yeah. Top, top values, um, of personal development, spirituality, health, and family. Like if those are up there. Then, then, it's a good book because you'll you'll line up with some of the concepts, and it'll reinforce what you're developing into and what you're evolving into. anyways, it'll reinforce that, and it'll provide you with some new insights and new hidden gems in there that will allow you to continue that evolution process. Um, it, it is like a bit of a personal development book
0: right on um, yeah. so towards the end there, one of the closing chapters in the transform portion of the book, uh, you talked about do your best and your best is good enough. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the four agreements by, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, I'm just going to read his agreements real quick here, but yeah. uh, be impeccable yeah. with your word. Don't take anything uh, personal. Don't make assumptions. And the fourth one's always do your best. Um, was he one of the people that influenced you? I mean, you, you listed, you, you just said that in general, you know, a variety of people influenced you, whether they were yeah. healers, thinkers, health crusaders. So,
1: that book, came, yeah, that book came into my life and was an influence about, I'd say, about 12 years ago in practice where I was really frustrated uh, getting no's from people. And I was really taking things personally on that end. And uh, his book came into my lap and uh, those four agreements were really, really helpful at a time where I was, you know, I needed, I needed some perspective uh, of, of taking things a lot less personally um, of other people's actions, so that was part of a huge development curve for me. Uh, also, I, when I when I had a a psych K session, I don't know if you were Bruce Lipton psych. I'm, K.
0: I'm uh, certified through Advanced Course.
1: <laughs> All right, perfect. So I had a session. Uh, yeah, I had a session from a woman in town. I'd say eight or nine years ago, something like that. And uh, that was the, uh, the the statement that we infused in. Uh, in 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 some of the clearing of of our psyche session, so that and I just showed her that a couple of weeks ago. I said because I I hadn't seen her in years and years, and she bought the book. And I said and I flipped to that to that particular chapter, and I said just so you know, this was this this was a in, big influence from our session together. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked that because uh, that that came partly from a psyche session years and years ago.
0: That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I, you, know, you know they say that the teacher appears. When the student is ready, um, well, the teacher, the doctor is in the house. And I think that you are one of those people that uh, people should listen to, that people should be influenced by. Uh, I really appreciate your time today, Doc. Uh anything yeah, thanks so much. I- anything in closing? I mean, I don't want to cut you off if there's anything less.
1: Um No, you know, I would I would say though, you know, anything anything less than love, appreciation, and gratitude. Um if you're experiencing anything less than that, it's definitely an opportunity to go in and do some work. You know, if, if you hold that as your highest standard and then watch how you're feeling and thinking and anything less than that is an opportunity to go in and evolve your system to, working, to be working towards that. Because anything less than that is, is a perception away from truth. So if you're looking to evolve and you're looking to, to take a truth path, then, um, then anything less than appreciation, gratitude, and love is now becoming more and more false. And so it's a, it's a, it's a great awareness to, to hold that as a highest standard. And then you, you kind of know what to work on. And, uh, and it gives you, gives you like a, a, a main fo- a focus or a single point of attention to be able to, to know where you're at. So I'd say you hold that to your highest standard and, and you'll be evolving really, really well and probably rapidly if you're holding that as your highest standard.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for the book. I want to thank you for your time here. It's been a treat. It's been an honor. And uh, Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Fonzo. And again, the name of the book is Finding Magic in the Mess, A Path to Greater Presence and More Joy, One Parenting Moment at a Time.